1: This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY NY Fanatic.
2: Salute to Knicks Nation on this Sunday night. Another edition of Knicks Weekly presented by Manscaped, episode number 52 we got 10 games left on the season man and on tonight's weekly recap show we're gonna take a look back and recap the week that was for the new york knicks take a look at this week's slate of games and uh tap in on a playoff seating man we are getting in to crunch time and it is time to go man so lock in CPJD alex on the one twos and threes the holy trinity is back in the building for next weekly man so salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Share this video. Subscribe to the channel. All those good things, man. Because we're about to have another great, great show. Another episode of next weekly, presented by Manscaped. Man, salute, 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 salute. All right, fellas, how we feeling, man? How was everybody's weekend, first and foremost, man? Al, you, Al, you were in town. You were down here, man. I was, uh, but how'd your weekend go?
3: It was good, man. Just chilled. Hung out with the family, you know. Yeah. Watched uh, the Knicks beat the Nuggets, so it's always a good thing, but yeah, yeah low-key weekend, man. Had to, had to come home and see the family. Nothing nice. too big
2: and crazy. Nice, nice. Hey, JD, uh, how, how was yours, man?
1: Weekend's good, man. Never Sports never gets away from me, so, you know, following the NFL free agency, NFL offseason, the Giants, the division, and uh, the rest of the league. Uh, low-key weekend. Also, you know, a Knicks matinee.
2: Yeah.
1: I think I had to get up a little early for that. You know, I was sipping on a Friday night, so I I struggled on
2: Saturday. I'm telling you, man. Uh, I'm telling you.
1: It was was definitely a task. Uh, But nevertheless, we made it, and and the Knicks made it, and now we're on to a new week. Were you grilling? Were you grilling while you were sipping? (laughs) Listen, man, we might have to put the (laughs) countdown on when we do the play-by-plays this week. CP might have to put like a little countdown, <laughs> countdown on the screen because we're, we're getting there. I think maybe if we get to forty five, let's wait a few more wins, a few more wins. If we get close, like let's say that you know we get to forty five and there's like seven games left, we might have to put a little countdown on the Knicks fan TV screen because you know they have a they have a shot.
2: Hey, we we might have to, man. But uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. Friday night. Uh turned up, I, I went to, I was all over the city Friday night. I went to, uh, first, I, I went to 4040 first uh, for one of my homies' birthday parties. Literally went there for like an hour, just ate dinner, chopped it up. Shot to the studio, went downtown to the studio, hit Sny. Then went to uh, Brooklyn Bowl, because Sky Zoo was performing over there. Sky Zoo, little brother. So I went over there. Then I hit Queens. And before you knew it, it was 4 a.m. So... It was. It was I had to turn back the clock, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting up there in age, man. Well, I had to turn up the clock a little bit, you know. Me and the Knicks chick was out in the town, and and then, uh, yeah, matinee matinee affair at MSG, man. So I had to double back to MSG early uh, Saturday, but it was well worth it because we got a great win, big win. Uh,
1: <laughs> CP said it like he, like it's been a while since he's been out at 4 a.m. Hey, when he said man. it was like, <laughs> yeah, it's like always... it's like hey, well, this has been a surprise for me. You know, yeah, it looked like man. the age started to kick in. It's Once yeah. it started hit
2: 3 a.m. Sometimes yeah, man, I haven't hit that in in a long time, man. It, it's been a while. It's, it's it's been a little while. So uh, I nah, definitely had a great time, and then Saturday night uh took in uh UFC saw a little a little Usman versus Edwards. Edwards retaining. The title over Usman over there in uh, in the UK. So that was a pretty good card. And then yeah, I had to crash out early because can't do two back to back late nights, man. When you get old like me, Al, you'll see, Al. You're getting there. When you when you get old like me, Thanks. man, you can only do you can only do one night of, of a full blown turn up. You know, let me make sure, let me just make sure. So, so you, you got your Alka-Seltzer, you, you, yeah. you took out your
3: dentures, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. just got, you went to bed, you just chilled, right? That's what happened? That's what you yeah, did?
2: Yeah, I watched a little Last of Us, caught up on Last of Us. <laughs> you know, I don't watch much TV nowadays, but, you know, caught, caught up on, on a little Last of Us in the NCAA tournament. So that was a good thing man.
1: Okay. That was a good thing. And then you went to the game. You were at the game on Saturday, so
2: was was at the game. Um, you know, shout out to the fans. Got got to chop it up with a lot of the fans. Gave away some snaps. Uh, you know, team got the win. After the game, was, was was chopping it up, family show style. As I told you, Al Grandma Brunson. Shout out to mm-hmm. Grandma Brunson. Big fan. How, of the show. How, how was that experience? Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Um, you know, just just hanging out and shout shout out to uh, to, to Brunson's middle school coach. Big fan of the show. His name is Carl Brown. Oh, let's go. Says he never misses a show. Uh, this is this is Jalen's middle school coach down in Charlottesville, Virginia, man. He, he was a big, big fan of the show. Um, who else I ran into? Obviously, Jalen, you know, chopped it up for a little bit, chopped it up quick for a little bit. Uh, who else? Who else? Yeah, a little, little bit of everybody, man. Family show. Fa- family show. I, I, w- I
1: wish you. I was there. I would have asked him, you know, because I, I tagged him on one of my tweets. When I did the play, I think it was, like, my first ever play-by-play. Yeah. And I went off. You know, <laughs> yeah, I went right, off on right, Brunson. Right, right, he, he, he right.
3: play the Hawks. Yeah, hey man, uh, I just clipped it. I just made a gift out of it Yeah, we see. did. We
1: did. We'll be interested to see if he, uh, I'm pretty sure he saw it, with, you know, all the retweets and, and actually I'm sure.
2: Uh, I'm but, yeah. sure of it, man. Um, But, yeah, look, on, on this team, 2 and 0 this week, they got a, a good win on the last game of the West Coast road trip without Brunson. I thought that was a a gritty win, especially it's never easy to win that last game on the road when physically, mentally, you're tired, you trying to get back home. Um, you know, they had to grind their way through it. Obviously, that was the, the breakout game for McBride. Josh Hart with his heroics IQ, RJ continuing to play well. Uh, just a solid team victory, especially when they were down. Uh, by about, I think they were down double digits at some point in that game. So for them to grit that one out last game the, on the road, that was good, and then you know, the rumors were that Saturday that uh, that Jalen was going to come back and uh, against number one team in the West, even though the, the Nuggets are coming off a three-game losing streak, number one team in the West, but it was as good of a team, full-team victory as I've seen all year. There have been a number of games that you could say, well, that was the best win of the season, whether it was, uh, you know, Julius's game win in Miami or the double overtime win against the Celtics, some of the earlier games that they won out West, but um, I thought this one was was right up there because it was a full squad victory. And, you know, Brunson came in there, didn't miss a beat. 24 points for him. RJ continuing to play well. Julius had his moments in the game. Mitch, obviously, with the controversy with Mitch early in the week, for him to cap off that game with the alley-oop from Brunson, I thought that was was, uh, poetic. And uh, the bench, you know, the bench continuing to play well from quickly to Hart, to Hartenstein. It it was just a it was just a gritty win. And so that that was the theme of the week, man. Just a full team effort from top to bottom. Everybody contributing and everybody digging in. This is we're now in game seventy-two of the season. These guys are digging in and they go from the nine game winning streak, they lose three in a row. Now they win three in a row. So they are a resilient group. They they never let themselves get, you know, too far behind or get too down. They bounce right back, and their fight has been consistent, man. So I'm I'm happy where things are this week, 42 and 30. Let's get it going, man. JD, what were your takeaways from this week?
1: Very impressive wins. Very impressive wins. You know, you talked about double-digit leads. They were down 16 against the Portland 16. Trailblazers, and it started to get, you know, it, it, it was getting a little bit concerning there uh, because, you know, things could have turned. And uh, they were able to, you know, come back and and fight and get the victory. So down 16 against the Blazers and down 13 against the Nuggets. Back-to-back wins, double-digit leads. Uh, that's impressive to me, um, especially one game without Brunton, the other game with Brunton. Um, so that's a big uh, takeaway. And, you know, another takeaway is the bench continues, you know, to play well. And now when a little bit of adversity hit, you know they they lost you know three in a row, uh the Lakers game they barely won, um and then you had to go fight back against the Portland Trailblazers, you know you you started to see like a Deuce McBride, uh, Josh Hart continuing to build, uh, on on his strong play ever since he's got to to the Knicks, uh, and I think that you know at this part of the season you're looking for these things you're looking for okay if I have to go deeper into the bench can I rely on the McBride can I can I extend the rotation if I have to. You know, what players do I go to in certain situations? This is the time where, you know, you learn some of those things. And McBride gave you a performance that gives the head coach confidence in the event that someone gets in early foul trouble. You have to make an adjustment or something wild happens during the game. You have to make an adjustment. An injury happens. You have to make an adjustment. So the Knicks, you know, are a very deep team, man, and and they're getting ready for this stretch run and and I'm excited. I can't wait for this, you know, last 10-11 games that they have. They have an opportunity to end strong and go into the playoffs with major major momentum.
3: Absolutely. I agree with what both of you just said and I think for me it's a good week, right? You see as JD pointed out that Knicks were able to win with Out Bronson against Portland as CP as you know is the last game of a West Coast trip and sometimes those guys You know, not just the Knicks specifically, but any team when they're going to the other side of the country, they just like to pack it up, go home. Maybe you get some energy and just want to end on a high note, but you never know. So it's good to see that without Brunson, those guys were able to win. And then you talk about being the best team in the West, man. Denver just clinched the division today. um, And the Knicks were able to do that with Brunson. Looks like he didn't miss a beat. So it's good to know that when he does miss time, he comes back and he's just back on point, man. So it's good to see that. but. Out of all, everything that went well, whether it's Josh Hart, RJ playing well, quickly stepping up, even McBride, I'm getting a little concerned about Julius, man. And to be honest with you, like the last couple of games, the last three in particular, you know, you start looking at his statistics and he is averaging. Why am I losing? There it is. Okay. Right now, Randall is averaging, even though he's averaging 26 points, he's shooting 40 42% from the field, 17% from three He's still getting his rebounds, eight rebounds, four assists. So he's doing all the other stuff. But that three-point shooting is what we need to rely on this team, right? And Julius takes most of those shots. You know, through those three games, he's averaging close to eight attempts per game. And the fact that he's starting to look tired, some of those legs, man, and you're going to need him for the playoffs, this is where I'm like, you know, can we get Obi a little bit more minutes? Can we rest him a little bit? I know that Knicks are still trying to get the positioning. They're right now fifth in the East, but... To me, I'm I'm just a little concerned, man, just seeing those numbers. And you also just saw it through the like way that he was playing. You saw a little frustration out there. We all know what happened in the Clippers game. You know, I'm just worried that we're getting, you know, we got 10 games left. Is he gonna have enough juice for the first round? I know there's gonna be some time off for the play-in, but I'm still thinking about that. What do you guys think about uh Randall's uh, exhaustion?
2: Yeah. yeah, I think it's um I think it's it's fair. Uh, part of it was just being out there on the West Coast and, and without Brunson, him having to do a lot, and yeah, he, he did look tired at, at spots and and uh, and and you know a bit mentally fatigued. And then you know yesterday's game again, I thought I thought Gordon's a, he, Gordon's a tough defender, and I think Gordon is one of those few defenders in the league that can match Julius's physicality. They're kind of built the same, right? The fourth mm-hmm. and the seventh picks in that draft. I, I forgot who was picked first who was fourth. I think maybe Gordon was fourth. Maybe Julius was seven. Yeah. Either way, you know, they kind of built the same. And I think Gordon's a tough defender. So Julius really had to work for his offense in, in in the game, in the win against the nuggets. As far as the threes, you are right though, because you're, you're going to rely on both his three point shot efficiency and Jalen's three point efficiency, because as great as RJ has been playing as of late, it hasn't been from beyond the arc and neither is Quentin Grimes. And so, there's only but so many options that you have to go to from three, and you, you gotta hope that they're able to, to to regain some sort of form as they head into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, fatigue, yes, today it, it it is a concern for me. I don't know if it's gonna be such a concern for me by the time the playoffs start. Uh, you are gonna get about I think a full week once the season ends because of the whole playing tournament. So that's going to be ample time there to rest. As well as let's see how the last few games, you know, if the Knicks have something to play for. Because the Nuggets won tonight. Now the Knicks have some separation, a little bit of separation. I believe it's two and a half now games ahead of the Brooklyn Nets in terms of the fifth and the sixth seed. There's a little bit of separation there. And then now the focus starts to go into the fourth seed. You do play the Cavs, uh, you know, in two weeks. And let's see what type of week the Knicks have this week. So, you know, a few more games, maybe on the next weekly, I'll have more clarity into, into, you know, where the Knicks are headed. But I think if they stay at five and they continue to create the separation, you might have the last two games of the season to just, you know, if the Knicks don't, if the Knicks can't get better or worse, with two games left. That's two games, potentially four days in between with counting the days off, plus the week leading into your first round matchup. Um, so this could turn into a, actually a, a good situation for them. I think the team knows that. They know they have that coming up for them as a as an opportunity to rest him and other players. Uh, so, you know, I, I mean, for now, you just continue to play. Obviously, you can't play him too much. The positive, though, is with Brunson back in in the Denver game, you know who took the most shots in the fourth quarter? Jalen Brunson. Uh-huh. Randall no longer has to do that. Randall was taking the most shots previously without Brunson out in the fourth. In the first game since he was back, uh, Julius Randle only took two shots in the fourth. So you start to see later in the game, yes, fatigue does settle in, but now you don't have to be the guy that has to go the extra mile to bring bring us home. You know, we, we got our alpha in there. And Jalen Brunson. So I think that is also going to help yeah. Julius. So let's see how the season ends. Um, And then you'll have the extra time off after that.
2: Last game of the season is April 9th. The play-in starts April 11th. First round of the playoffs start April 15th. So right now they're looking like, you know, six is the worst that they will finish. And so you'll have almost a week, as you said, almost a week to get ready for the first round. So that would be ideal. And if they're able to lock in the spot earlier than the ninth, even better, maybe, who knows? (laughs) Maybe Tibbs gives a little bit of rest. Probably not, but you 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 can always hope and and have some faith there. So we'll, we'll see where things end up. As you said, J.D., they are two and a half games up on the Nets right now in fifth, Nets losing to the Denver Nuggets, and they are two and a half games in back of the Cavs for fourth, Including a big one against the Cavs on March 34, 31st. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about the seating in a little while. But who knows? Maybe, maybe fourth is, is not out of the picture just yet. As we spoke about the the Nick Bench, here was our guy IQ talking about uh, their impact and we're as well. Best late. when
4: we are getting stops, and then we can get out uh, and run the floor. And that kind of change gives the other team a different look. Uh, as far as having to go from guarding Julius in the post one one have to guard Jalen and pick and roll heavy possession, and then come in and have to guard all five guys, which is, you know, a little bit different. So it, it gives us a different look.
0: I'm what have you
4: seen the last, like, month and a half? He's playing totally different level. I know he's talked
1: about his his injuries being different. What have you noticed from him that's been the biggest difference?
4: Uh, I would say his energy, but his energy is always good. Uh you can always count on him to play hard be a great teammate. Uh, I don't know if anything's really changes that he just he's just playing good you know it's, it's sometimes when you just play hard you the ball finds you finds energy uh, he's getting a lot of offensive rebounds kick out threes I gotta hit some I missed a couple for him today uh, but I gotta hit those for him but uh, his defense his energy is always you can always count on that so that's why we love having him.
2: Yeah, that, that's the thing about that, that uh, the Nick bench is that for the last three years now, since they've had IQ and OB, it's just a different pace than the slower, more half court uh, offense that you have with, with Julius and, and those guys out there. When you have IQ, when you have OB, now you have Hart out there. Hartenstein's looking to push the ball ahead. They just play a lot faster and they have the guys that can play in transition, whether it's Hart, who's, that's his best game. Obi, that's his best game. RJ, that's his best game. Quickly can play in, in that mode. I just like that. That second unit has potential, man. Now that the way that RJ's beginning to pick things up quickly, he's been quickly, he's been consistent for, since the second half of the season, really. Hart's been been terrific. And then what Hartenstein is doing, and it's not just his hustle on the offensive boards. He's playing good defense, man. Last couple of of games, he's had to go up against... Some of the best big men in the league. Sabonis, Anthony Davis, Jokic. He's he's putting up a commendable effort out there. This is a backup five. He's putting up a good effort. And so to see him, you know, adjust, everybody wants to see, you know, Tibbs adjust to the plays that he has, but to see a guy like Hartenstein adjust and provide Tibbs what he's looking for, that's been pretty good because you need that out of your backup center. And, and he's he's giving that second unit a lift, man. J.D., What's your thoughts on that?
1: This next bench is is definitely potent. It's definitely potent, man. And I think you could see in IQ's comments, he he enjoys the personnel around him. I think he it, it, he he just feels more comfortable in his role, um, understanding that he can focus on. Just one area per night. Whether you're going to be a point guard or you're going to be an aggressive scorer, don't have to worry about getting rebounds. Don't have to worry about getting scrappy. Josh Hart got you there. You don't have to worry about certain things, uh, because you know everyone else has a role, and that personnel off the bench is just it, everything just fits. Um, and he seems to be enjoying and buying in, um, as a six man, uh, hopefully six man of the year. Um, and you know it's going to be. Very important to have that chemistry within a bench, because you know we focus a lot on the starters and the chemistry of the starters and who fits and who doesn't fit, and a lot of times we forget about the bench units in the EA and how they play in the playoffs. And this specific bench, they have their own chemistry going. They have, they you know they they have their own um, starting lineup thing going between them. As they all fit in, in that they can be, a, they can play fast, and in the half court they can play. Oh, so uh, Knicks man, this team has 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 a lot of depth, man, and they're going to be dangerous. I think when you hear reports of the Cleveland Cavaliers supposedly, you know, wanting to play the Brooklyn Nets, you know, a lot of people going to think about the starters, of Jalen Brunson. But I'm telling you, people when scouts evaluate a full roster, and this Knicks bench, I think it's what it's what's putting fear. Into some potential matchups in that they don't want to see the Knicks, and I think you know it's a forty-eight minute game, kind of like the NFL. In the fourth quarter, you have the defense,
3: and your running back is tying you out. Think same thing with this Knicks bench. How about you, man? Look through the last fifteen games since Josh Hart has been here. It's now fifteen games since he's been on this roster after the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. The Knicks are fifth in offensive. The Knicks bench is fifth in offensive rating. The Knicks bench is tenth in defensive rating the Knicks bench is first in net rating. Let that be known for how good it's been since Josh Hart has been on this team. And you just see how dynamic that bench is. I mean, between him and quickly, you got two guys who understand how to jump passing lanes, get the steals, you know, both are solid rebounding guards. Both of them are playmakers. Um, Josh Hart, since he's been here has been a solid score, reliable score. He's not, he's not potent as like quickly can be and drop, like 25, 30, whatever, sometimes, but, He's consistent, you know, especially with that three-point shooting, which he wasn't good at in Portland. It's been better since he's been here. So with those guys, then the improved play of uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, who's been getting critical rebounds, just stepping up, especially over the last couple of games you saw against the Clippers. You know, you saw against the Lakers, the Trailblazers. And now this week when he's playing Jokic, he did an admirable job. So this bench is starting to gel together, together at the right time. And it's good considering that when we saw Derek Rose to start the season, Rose wasn't playing like himself. You know, mm-hmm. we were, when I coming in here, I thought Derek Rose was going to be that same guy that we saw the last two seasons, especially when he got here, when the Knicks were that four seed and be that catalyst. But then he's not playing well, Looks to a step slow, quickly gets a promotion now to being that guard. Adding Josh Hart has improved the transition for this team. And you have both of those guys closing too. So and obviously, you got to include R.J. Barrett for the bench as well. But this bench is starting to click at the right time. And with all those guys, you got to consider, as J.D. said, you know, going into a playoff. My question is, is Tibbs going to stick with what we got, the nine-man rotation? Or is he going to shorten it down a little bit more? Because, you know, some teams, that's how they go. You know, you start going to the playoffs, obviously, your stars are going to get more minutes. You know you can expect Randall, Brunson, those guys are probably gonna be racking up 40 minutes mm-hmm. per game mm-hmm. if need be. The question is, is the bench going to get that much playing time? Will Tibbs be, will he trust them enough? You know, yeah.
2: it changes. Playoffs, playoffs just change. Well, you you can know for sure that quickly and Hart will get their minutes. They're locks. For sure. They are locks. Julius is gonna have to come out for a second. So I mean, even he, he, OB might not get his 10. He might might go down to five. But he's going to get in. And then with Mitch, he's, he's going to get breathers. I, I think they, they could still stick with a nine just with, you know, the minutes may be tilted towards some of the starters more so. But I still think you may need to go to a nine in case Mitch gets in some foul trouble. You know, you have, you have the, the injury concern. Obviously, Hartenstein's been playing well. I still think they will go to a nine. It's just how level will, will those will it be regular season levels in terms of the minutes distribution?
1: And we can revisit this specific conversation and topic once we do our, you know, playoff previews because, you know, we get to see how the bench finishes this season. Mm-hmm. But as you were saying, CP, and this is why it's... it's it's I don't know that the way you said it is exactly how Tibbs would want to do it. I mean, you're going to see in these playoffs, a lot of teams are going to go to eight-man rotation. Yeah, yeah. But the Knicks, like the coach is going to have to play all these guys. And I think that's a testament to how improved the roster is, the personnel, and how well the bench is playing. Like, when you start to look at, okay, how many minutes this guy, that guy can play, you're going to look around and say, well, I don't know if anything is really going to change. Because Quickly is going to get, is going to have to play major minutes. Mm-hmm. We already know Josh Hart is going to play major minutes. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, Obi has to get a breather. And the Hartenstein-Mitch thing, I think he's going to play at night tonight, mm-hmm. in terms of who is playing well. And you've seen he's not afraid to go to Hartenstein in the fourth quarter and end of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think this team is, is so strong in terms of the depth that it's. I don't know that anything is going to change. And the other thing that makes his bench so strong is Quickly's development. Remember last season and the previous two seasons, CP, when we were trying to figure out what type of player is quickly going to be? A lot, you know, a lot of things we were saying is quickly needs to be off guard, quickly need Derek Rose. Remember, that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Quickly has to be next to Derek Rose as the two man in order for the bench to really function. Mm-hmm. Well, where's Derek Rose this year? He's the lead oh we lose GD lead guy. We okay. have Josh Hart, but when you look at him who's getting minutes off the bench, he is the guy now. Like he's moved into that role. And I think that's allowed the Knicks to play and get a Josh Hart and be confident that Quickly can lead this team either off the bench or as you saw when Jalen Brunson is out as a starter. So Quickly's development, I think, has been an X factor to the construction of this roster.
2: Yeah, true, true indeed, man, true indeed. And uh, as we look at this thing, and JD just just check in on your internet real quick. But as we look into this uh, player of the week, it was one Josh Hart who edged out RJ on Twitter and YouTube by just a couple of percentage points. The fans have voted, and Josh Hart gets this week's Knicks Fan TV Player of the Week. Uh, In This week's two games, Josh Hart averaging 14 points per game, eight rebounds, 6.5 assists, shooting 55% from the field, 42% from three, and 100% from the free throw line, which, you know, given the Knicks, that is, that is a miracle. Three steals, Josh Hart, Al able to get it done in a multitude of ways, man. He, he's been a, a complete Swiss Swiss army knife for this team. And um, a, a guy who, as we said, is going to be logging major, major minutes, man. What was your impression of Josh Hart this week, bro? Whatever
3: you needed. It felt like whenever you needed a big moment, Josh Hart was there. Like, absolute, like you needed a steal, he was right there. You needed a critical rebound, he was right there. You needed a clutch three, he was right there. That is, to me, that's just the definition of a gamer. Like, he rises up to the occasion when you need it, and you need guys like that on your team. And the other thing, and Jeff and I were talking about it uh, on post game. he's an enforcer, man. He does the things that, trying to get into, like, Jokic's head, right? Yeah. And that's the type of stuff that... It adds another dimension to this team. So, for Josh Hart this week, fantastic, but once again, going back to the 15 games, guys, like, it has been impressive. He's averaging 11 points, he's averaging 60% from the field, he's shooting 55% from three, he's averaging 78% from the free, free throw line, he's getting you seven rebounds still, he's getting you four assists, he's getting all over three, uh, one steal per game. That's just who Josh Hart is, man. And the fact that the Knicks won another trade. You could talk about Derrick Rose being the first trade that they won. Now, this being the second trade, and we're, we're not going to talk about JD's boy Cam Reddish. We'll, we'll leave that to the wayside. But you know, we'll, we'll, the fact that the Knicks won, <laughs> the fact that the Knicks won this Josh Hart trade, it's it's good, man, because he's going to be needed. He's he's just a vital instrument to what they're going to be doing in the playoffs, man. Defensively, like yeah. when I'm watching him play against the Celtics, I can't tell you how Tatum did not want to drive against him because of how physical Josh Hart is. Having somebody who's that grueling of a defender that you have to play against, you have to think twice on when do you want to utilize your energy? Do you want to go fight? And even for Josh Hart, even though he's not the same height as Tatum, right? He's still he's still making the shots difficult when he attacks the rim. And if you got to face a guy like that throughout a series, you're going to be thinking twice. So everything is done this week what he's done since he's been here, what he's going to do for the future. It's just that gritty mentality that adds to this Tom Thibodeau team.
2: Yeah, no no question, man. And, and uh, here was Josh Hart after the Nuggets game on how the Knicks should be, uh, how they should be approaching things. It's courtesy of uh, S&Y videos.
4: Obviously, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good feel-good win for us, obviously playing a tough team like that who's had the success that they've had, you know, this whole season. Um but we just know we gotta just keep it moving. Cause at the end of the day, um, we can't get complacent. And I think if we beat a team like that, and we get complacent it doesn't really mean anything. So we gotta continue to um, work hard, continue to get better, continue to learn. We'll rather w- learn with wins than losses, um, and keep it moving. You know, we got Minnesota on Monday. You know, a tough Minnesota team, and we gotta come in here um,
2: ready to go. And here was Hart on uh, the physicality that he plays with, man. Thinks he's playing the wrong sport. Um, I probably am
4: playing a different, uh, the wrong sport, honestly. I'm just... How I play um, is physical. Um, it's like a bull in the china shop kind of thing. So um, I feel like I probably would have been like a good, like... I put on some weight. Like a good d or something. A linebacker. You know, kind of like physicality, but... Um, you know, guess, guess so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, look that was that was one of the things, man. When when I watched this guy play, especially when he first got there, I was like, yo, it looks like he's playing football out there. It's how physical he is, but it, it's just fit, fit, and fit. And and Al, you talked about the cam situation. You look at a Josh Hart; it's fit in across so many categories. One, this team plays physical. He fits right in, plays physical brand of basketball. This team rebounds well. He adds to the rebounding, especially on the offensive side of things. Then he can put get them out in transition, uh, an area where they've been okay. They've been okay this year uh, with with IQ being able to push it, and RJ and, and Brunson and sometimes Randall You know, kind of pushes that pace. But he fits right in, and he's the best at it. So there's so many facets of his game that he comes in here, he fits right in, but gives them an extra element. But I think one of the more underrated a- – a- Elements of his game is his passing ability. You know he talks about, yeah, I'm like a bull in the china shop, but he's way more controlled. He plays physical, he plays aggressive, but he plays smart. He plays smart, and and I go back to that Portland game, man. Without Brunson, the team not being able to facilitate well for each other, not RJ, not Julius, not not IQ could get it done. And this guy's out there getting it done and making his team better, man. Like he just makes the team better in so many ways, JD. It's um. He's going to be an X-Factor in this playoffs, no no question about it. He, he's going to be playing all of his minutes when, once he gets into the game. There's no question about it.
1: Yeah, And I think even, you know, you saw it in the last game, uh, you know, Tom Thibodeau had a decision to make there between Quickly and, and, and Barrett. And I, and I was saying the decision is going to be Quickly and Barrett because IQ wasn't really, you know, IQ wasn't making shots. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, is he going to stick with IQ? Or is he going to pivot to to RJ? Because Josh Hart is going to stay. Like, Josh Hart might be the only Nick, and you saw it with IQ. IQ wasn't in shots, came out the game, here comes Barrett. Josh Hart might be the only player, um, you know, outside of Brunson and and Randall, that could struggle offensively on a night and still get the closing minutes because of everything else that he gives you and the confidence that the coach has that he makes smart plays. You talk about... You know, for a guy that drives to the basket, pushes the ball so many times when he gets the rebound, he's right. He goes, you know, he pushes the ball, goes right to the basket. He looks so controlled, as you're saying, in doing it. You know, you see a lot of guys, especially off the bench guys, be that aggressive. Sometimes they don't look as controlled. They'll turn the ball over. They get a little wild. um, They don't make the high basketball IQ play. And and Josh Hart seems to always know uh, what to do with the basketball. And even in that comment he said in a post game where, you know, he talked about, you know, yeah, we got this win and all that, but if we get complacent, it doesn't mean anything. Don't, guys, do not underestimate, underrate the IQ of some of these players. Don't tell me that he did not say that because he realized the last stretch when they came off that victory against the Celtics, then they play the Charlotte Hornets next and they got complacent and you saw what happened after that. He, He understands the type of week the Knicks have And I guarantee you, he might have even said that statement knowing, you know, what happened with uh, Anthony Edwards as he, you know, is now in awful walking boots. But these guys know, like, these guys what's going on in the NBA single, like, from an injury standpoint, who's playing well, highlight. Like, they're on Twitter, they're on social media. They look at the schedule. They know, you know, who's their upcoming opponents. So I I know that Josh Hart is saying to to say, okay, guys, last time, you know, we kind of took a step back. Let's not get complacent. That is leadership, it's those little things that never gets talked about that is going to be important in the playoffs. Knicks go down all one in the first game. You're going oh, to need guys like him in the locker room to make sure that those young guys are focused and, and ready to. Yeah,
2: true, true indeed, man. True indeed. He, he's, uh, He's been a breath of fresh air since they got him. And, um, yeah, going to be a big, big piece for this team going into the playoffs. Uh, we we Did we touch on RJ? We didn't touch on RJ's yet. But, as I said, in both fan polls, the Knicks fans did vote for RJ for Play of the Week. It's just that Josh Hart had a little bit more votes. But RJ's playing well, man. RJ is playing well. And just watching him in person against Denver – I just loved everything I saw. No, he wasn't shooting the ball from three. But in terms of his attack, his aggressiveness on his drives, his footwork was great yesterday. Excellent touch around the rim, playing on the control. You're going to need that from RJ. You're going to need him to shoot. Don't don't get me wrong. You're going to need him to shoot, especially in the playoffs. So that's a little bit of a concern. But um, his efficiency from two has been on the money these past couple of games, so that's been that's been a, a, a good development for the Knicks, man. Uh, Al, what's been your thoughts on RJ as of late? You know,
3: Tibbs mentioned it uh, in the post game yesterday yeah. when he is focused and wants well, to get well, down. Let, you know
2: hell, what? So she said that. Let me let me get to the to the all Tibbs right. comments because I was gonna play that anyway. So all right, let me let me get to that and then uh and then I'll have you react. So it suits everybody in the chat. Uh, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. This is Knicks Weekly Episode Fifty One. Let's get to the R.J. comment from head coach Tom Thibodeau. Here it is.
4: Well, it, it, to me, is, it, it's really not what he's doing differently. It's when he attacks the basket, he's very efficient. When he starts floating and fading away and all that, that's, that's where the problems come. Attack the basket. Stop messing around. You know, the more you attack the basket, the better it is. And so if you're one-on-one, you got an angle to the basket, shoot. If you've if you got two or three guys hanging on you, spray don't don't compl- complicate the game. I thought he made good reads today. Uh, but I want him in an attack mode. Like right? uh, you know there's it's simplicity in execution.
2: No, don't complicate this. I thought Tim's were spot on. Simplicity in execution. No need to force it. No need to force it. You know and and, and that's when RJ's gotten in trouble. When it's just head down I'm predictable in my ways. I'm going straight in, no matter who's on me, no matter who's helping, and then it becomes a little bit helter skelter. You know, it becomes a little bit helter skelter. But if if he's got the angle, as Tip said, if if it's a one on one situation, go straight at him. And I think that's what that's what it's boiled down to with Archie. It's just keeping it simple, man. Don't force the issue. Take the plays out of there for you to take, and I think he's benefited from it. Al, your thoughts.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, getting downhill when you start looking at the numbers. Anytime he's shooting less than five feet away from the rim, he's shooting eighty percent around the rim right now over these last three games. Mm. You know, and over these last three games, if you want to look at the stats. He's shooting fifty-three percent from the field. He's uh, averaging what twenty-four points per game. So let it be known that he's shooting fifty percent from the field off of those seventeen shot off of those seventeen shot attempts. Most of them. Are coming inside because only five are coming from three. So he's finishing very well around the rim right now. And when he just gets downhill, he's just been unstoppable. I mean, against Denver, he went eight for 10 when he went downhill. Like mm-hmm. that is yeah. insane. Yeah. It's absolutely insane with the spin move. He's being patient. Also, his playmaking is a little bit better too. He's finding guys out. He doesn't have the blinders on where he's just barreling down the middle of the lane and just, you know, throwing up whatever and seeing what happens. Now he's actually finding guys out in the perimeter. You know, he's looking for either his bigs in, this, in paint to get that lob action going. I thought he's been very decisive, not only in knowing that he wants to go downhill, but he's also, his awareness has also gone up as well. So when you get RJ doing that and he's able to produce at this type of level where he's averaging 24 points over these last three games by mainly going downhill, if you get this when you're going to the playoffs, you know, you get RJ playing at this level, that's different. That's different. If you have an efficient Brunson, Randall, and then RJ in your starting rotation, or even with RJ in the second unit, that's tough to stop. That is tough to stop. So I like that to see that he's bouncing back because it's been an up-and-down season for him, man. He started slow to begin. Then he had a nice little stretch before he got the lacerated finger. Then he comes back from the lacerated finger, and he's back down again. And it's been all over the place with some like key moments here and there, whether it's playing against the Celtics or whoever. But now to see that there's some consistency coming back to his game, it couldn't be at the better time. So let's just see if he can get that three point shot going. Because as of right now, if you didn't like hearing Julius's number at 17%, <laughs> RJ's shooting 14% right now over these last three games. All right. And that's all that's close
2: to five attempts. So man, he's I'm, gotta he's gotta get he's gotta be better from there. I'm telling you, man, I, I just wonder how this thing looks in the playoffs, man. I just wonder how this thing looks. If these guys can't knock down their shots, man. I, I gotta see how this thing looks, man. Um, but hey, I mean, <laughs> what, what are you thinking?
1: No, because I was gonna say, like, you know, um, it's it's so strange, you know. Um, uh, I think you could tell too when Tom Thibodeau said that <clears throat> it was like part of it was also like frustration. He's like, don't mess around, like, don't mess around, like, you know, uh, in the way that he explained and expressed how simple it is for him as a coach, the way that he's seeing it, the way that he's probably explaining it to him. And that that sounded to me like a coach that's trying to, to, to just harp on it to RJ, you know, constantly in terms of just drilling the emphasis of, of bro, and as we've been saying it, just keep it simple. If your three-point shot is not going in, continue mm-hmm. to attack the basket. And Tibbs mm-hmm. even said it, like, and you could tell it's those times that rj drives to the basket and then he stops and then he doesn't know where to go and he just throws up a wild shot
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: Tibbs is like, you know, once you start doing this, it starts to get all, you know, different. Um, Tell that those are the examples that Tibbs is talking about. So um, it looks like RJ has responded to that because although he's not shooting the three well in his last two games, only three attempts each game. So maybe he's going to start to knock down the three attempts, um, dip it a little bit lower and start to focus uh, from the inside out in terms of his, his game. He has responded because both the last two games, he shot exactly the same, eight of 13, both games, um, and one of three from three, and the last game against the Nuggets, all of three. So if this is the type of template we're going to use for RJ, I think this team is going to gladly is accept that because at least you're getting an efficient RJ from inside the the arc. And in the end, if you're going to get you know 22 and 21 points from RJ in the playoffs um, on 61% shooting, It doesn't matter if he knocks down a three, if he's only going to attempt three. The Knicks are going to be in position to win some basketball games. It's just how the question is going to be, CP, and I said this on SNY, you know, the last six games, the Knicks have shot under 30%. That's a concern for me, right? And then Alex and you, you've gotten into some of these individual three-point percentages over the last three to five to 10 games. They're they're awful. They're awful. You know, Randall, 20% in the last five games. You want to go... 10 games back, well, 10 games back, he's 32% mm. from three. Like, these numbers are awful. Um, mm. The question is going to be, can you get enough three-point shooter from enough guys in right. the rotation? If it's, if it's going to be RJ, then it can't be Grimes and RJ. Right, right, right. right. It's going It has to be one or the other. You right. can't have multiple guys at the same position struggling from three because if they are, they better play some good defense. That's right. It's going to be tough.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a fact, man. It's going to come down to can, can they get enough across the rotation and can they get timely ones? Because like you said, if their defense is on point, if they're efficient from two, if they're getting to the line and Brunson is cooking, all they need is a timely one. Give me a timely one in crunch time. Give me a timely corner three from IQ, from Hart, from Grimes, from RJ, from Julius. Timely.
1: CP, let me ask you something. Last two games, I just just gave you all the, the analysis on RJ, last two games. Mm. If let's say this is the RJ that we're going to get, right? You know, three, four three-point attempts, he's going to shoot 30%. Yeah. Not great, but this guy is going to shoot 50% from two, 60% from two. He's going to become efficient. He's never going to be a good three-point shooter, but you're going to get your 20 points in the way that you've gotten it the last two games. This is what you're get, gonna get move for moving forward. Would you Would you say that you're keeping him for the future? This is your third option. You're good with with that. Like that's we can build off that. I don't need to move him.
2: Depends on if you can get three point shooting from your other position, right? If you're gonna move Grimes to the bench and get an upgrade there, are you gonna get an upgrade at the three? A bigger, a better three and D wing. Then sure, you can live with it you could certainly live with it. Because if RJ's performing like that, then you're getting closer to a, a Jimmy Butler archetype where, no, nah, it's not great from three. It could be timely, but everything else is efficient. You know, he's using his size, he's using his physicality to get to the rim. He's scoring efficiently from below the arc. He's getting to the free throw line, which is big. Knocking down his free throws at, at, a little, at least 75 or better. But I think it, it still depends on, can you get an upgrade in talent at the three to move him to the two? Because you're gonna need somebody to to space the floor. You still need that. So I think it. De- I think it depends. Depends on on what on what's around them. Oh, so Ugh. <laughs> just.
3: I don't even want to think about that, man. Because <laughs> like, there's guys. There's guys. There's guys who can. Who, there's guys who can live like that, right? Like we'll get DeMar DeRozan, the mid-range assassin. You look at Jimmy Butler, guys who doing... Necessarily aren't the best three point shooters. They do have a long career in the NBA. You just have to be good at so many other positions. You know, there's so many facets of the game. So RJ's defense is going to have to take a step up. You know what I mean? Like, if he's in a lethal driver the way that he is, he could certainly make a career out of that. But does that mean other guys become expendable? Are you then saying, all right, if we're going to live with RJ being this lethal guy who can get downhill, are we looking at Mitch to say, let's go get a stretch five? Like, is that the next thing we're going to say? Like, because you're going to have to clear things out because even look at Julius Randle right now, who's struggling, you're going to need someone who's consistent at least. Like it's, it's cool to see the Knicks win this way and you can go up and down the stats. You see that Brunson shooting. Well, Obi's been shooting decently over these last couple of games. Grimes has been, you know, if we'll get these past two games, it's only Randle and, and RJ who've just been God awful from three and everybody else has stepped up when it, when they're out on the court. So if you can get that, then sure. But, Am I really trying to live off of my bench to give me consistent three-point shooting? No. So I really don't want to think about that right now, J.D. <laughs> to
5: be completely honest. <laughs> you
2: know, things, to, things are going good, what, man. Things are going don't, good. Don't, let me, let me, me, let let me right stay right outside now. the window. Yeah. Let yeah. me
3: just keep jumping and falling, all right? I'm, I'm just, just saying, you know, there's <laughs> always,
1: you know, we get these questions every show about RJ. What's his ceiling? CP, what do you think? Can he be Boy Pierce? Can yeah. he be Jimmy Butler? Can, like, this is the ever, you know, ever going conversation when it comes to R.J. Barrett is, you know, what can we accept? What's good enough? What's right. not good enough? What's his ceiling? So I, I, you know, I just thought it was appropriate to, to see if this is what, if this is what we're going to get. Cause again, I don't know. We'll see, but I think is it's a little interesting. Tom Thibodeau's comments His his threes have dipped a little bit. The last two games, he's focusing more on driving. Maybe they, maybe they, they're going to switch up his game plan in terms of his approach going into the game Because you don't have enough time. Like, you got to figure out what you want from RJ as a coaching staff. Like, do you just let him continue to play the way he was playing previously and shoot threes and just live and die off it? You can. But, you know, now in this stretch run, you have to start as a coaching staff to develop a game plan for how you want certain players to play heading into the playoffs so that it can be consistent and these players can be more prepared for the playoff series. And, and maybe this is what they're going to focus on with RJ and maybe they're saying, listen, it is what it is. We're going to need Grimes to just step up. We're going to need quickly to start hitting threes. We're going to need Brunson to start taking more threes and hitting them. And we're going to need Randle to do it. Like, whatever it is, um, they need to figure that out. And, and it seems like maybe, you know, RJ is going to go into a game plan for the rest of the season.
2: True indeed, man. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Another episode of Next Weekly presented by Manscaped. Make sure you guys go to manscaped.com. Use promo code KFTV for 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, okay, let's take a look at where things stand in the standings once again. Let's take a look oh, at Oh, it. baby, it's, about, it's getting interesting. It's, it's getting very interesting. It's getting very interesting. Let's Let's, let's take a look. At where we stand on things. Okay. So I know JD's up until 3 a.m. just looking at the standings. Up and down. I I don't sleep. I
3: just all (laughs) night. I just just have a tab just open on the standings. And all I do is look
1: at it and just like, oh my God, that fourth seed.
2: So we are two and a half back of the Cavs for the fourth seed. We've won two games one on the season series. The best that they could do is tie the season series on the March 31st matchup. We are two and a half games up. On the Nets for the fifth seed. Nets just lost to the Denver Nuggets today. Denver and New York playing on back-to-backs. And we are three and a half up on the Heat, who sit in the seven spot. Knicks have two games left against the Heat, so don't sleep, even including one this week on Wednesday. Play the Heat on Wednesday this week. Correct. So don't sleep on that. And if we look at the, you know, the strength of schedule thing changes drastically. Um, Now, according to this, Knicks now have the fourth easiest schedule remaining in the league. Cleveland supposedly has the easiest with games left against the Rockets, the Hornets, two against the Magic, one against the Pacers, one against the Hawks. So they're playing the all-tank teams, (laughs) basically. So that doesn't bode too well for our chances at four, but, you know, you never know. In terms of the Nets, the Nets have the sixth easiest schedule remaining with games against the Rockets, Pistons, two against the Magic, one against the Jazz, one Timberwolves, one Hawks. And some of their tougher games are the Sixers, two against Cleveland. I think those are coming up as well. Back-to-backs against Cleveland and one against the Heat. So interesting to think about. Is four out of, out of, the, out of the, the, the realm here? Uh, not necessarily, but with Cleveland's record, it could be a little tough, man. What do you guys think? Is four still attainable? Well,
1: I'll tell you this. This is going to be decided within the next five games because when you look at the strength of schedule, that's a general uh, perspective on it, and ger- general percentage. But when you look at the way the schedules stack up, it's going to come down to the next five games. So here's the Cavaliers next five games. Mm -hmm. You have at Brooklyn, and they're on the road in Brooklyn back Back to to back. back. That's their next game. And the Cavaliers are 16 and 20 on the road. They're 29 and 8 at home. They're 16 and 20. The Nets lost tonight. Um so, you know, teams are going to fight back. They're, they've been competitive. And the Nets have gotten very good wins recently, although they've been up and down. So that's two games, right? Do they go one and one? That could be a possibility. Then they, they're at home against Houston. That's a win. But then they're at Atlanta, New York, and Indiana. Like, next, can they go two and three? It could happen. Because if the Knicks beat them, They're at Atlanta, and they're playing back-to-back against Brooklyn. There, I think, is the stretch that is going to be decided because the Knicks now, next five games, are Minnesota at home, at Miami, at Orlando, Houston, and Miami again. And then the big matchup against the Cavaliers. So it's like, can they get to that game against the Cavaliers one game back to where if they beat them, they can tie it, and then it's about... You know, the the Knicks going Wizards, Indiana, New Orleans, Indiana. Can the Knicks go eight and two these last ten games? It can happen. So I think the next five games for the Cavs, if they can if they slide here, they can get to the fourth seed. If they don't, if they go three and two, I think it's over.
3: Hmm. That's how I'm looking at it. You 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 read off that you read off that schedule, JD. I just Uh, like, I don't see, see, for me, it's like, can Cleveland, if the rumors are true that people in the front office don't want to face the Knicks, right? You either have to get all the way down to six or you got to go fight for three. If that, if those, if those those things are true, if we're going to, if we're going to take that for what it is, I just don't see them moving up to get away. So I think they're going to be staying in their position because after reading that schedule, and knowing that they're so bad on the road, I think they're going to just stay at the four seed. I feel like that's just where they're just going to be complacent right there and take that for what it is. And the Knicks are going to stay fifth just because I think the Heat's going to be a tough matchup. I think we're going to, you know, even though we're 2-0 and o against the Heat, I feel like just it's tough, man, to sweep them four times. That just seems tough. I feel like we could do go three and one.
2: And they're going to be the target. You know, those are going to be tough games. Those are gonna to be tough games, you know Knicks are gonna be the target there, man. You guys Miami's are still off team. this
1: Pat Riley, Eric Spoelstra. Oh no, I'm, I'm done with them. That team is done. Get out of here, well, that that team is done. We need to stop giving Pat Riley all this credit. That that <laughs> how about that contract? You know, we get a lot of flack for Evan Fournier and all this. How about that contract to Duncan Robinson? Has anybody heard of him? Has he played hey, yet in the last? I, hey, I how not about, heard how about when guy people guy. are like,
2: oh, you know, the Knicks should get Kyle Lowry? Has that worked out for Pat Riley? Oh, whoever said that was on drugs because I told you I that guy was washed <laughs> for about five years now. Give me a break.
1: You know what I mean? So, I mean, this team, I don't know, man. I think the, the Heat are at the tail end, but I get it is a very valid point. They could, they, they might just lose one of these two games because it's like you said, Alex, what's the likelihood that you can? Actually, sweep a Miami Heat team four. You gave,
3: you gave eight and two. I'll take your eight and two. I'm gonna give one of the two being the Heat though, because I feel like that's just tough to go to full on sweep. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like five is where it's gonna be. And honestly, you know, I'll I'll, I'll let CP figure out where this team's gonna land. And I got a question for both of you.
2: Um, I think they stay in fifth. I think they stay in fifth. Um, they'll be able to keep the Nets off and the Heat off. I don't. Th- I think that that Cavs schedule is way too easy, man. Uh, that Cavs schedule is way too easy. Um, I, I think they stay in fifth. The two Miami games to me are going to be tough. Home against Washington. At New Orleans think, you know, Pacers, you know, Pacers have been tough, even though their tank has been formidable. Two against the Pacers. I think we stay in fifth.
1: You wouldn't be All saying right. that there was 20 games left, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you wouldn't be saying that there was 20 games left, I'll tell you that. Saying what? That that they're going to finish in fifth.
2: Um. Yeah, well, it's different.
1: <clears throat> it's a different circumstance. So, right so I'm just saying... Put some respect on them Knicks. Just different it's not. It's, it's not. It's 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 only because there's just might not be enough games left to get to the fourth seat. JD, it ain't I don't know nothing if about that fourth seat team.
3: It's not. It has nothing <laughs> Listen, to do with it.
2: Man. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm
3: telling you, it's all JD, about I... how many games is left. Listen, JD, I don't know if you heard yesterday's uh, when CP called in on the post game. He said he felt a little breeze coming through the window yesterday. So yeah,
2: it's a little He's... breezy, but I'm I'm not you know <laughs> in terms of like who do you prefer to play? Do you want to play? Look, man, every team is going to well, be tough. You get well, into the playoffs you that, and you're in the top six. Every team is going to be tough.
3: So let me ask you that. Is there, because I've been talking to some people and they've been like, especially my guy, John Malik, a shout out to him. You know, do you want to drop to the sixth to go get the Celtics right no. now and then go face the Sixers? No. Or do you want to stay fifth face and say you face the Cavs after you defeat the Cavs, you got the Bucs after that. Are you guys thinking anything like that? And Jeff and I had a whole discussion about it yesterday. And I'm I'm with Jeff where it's like, you just go, you just keep fighting. Wherever the cards land, you, don't, you start trying to get cute and all that type of we stuff. We did the same it to slap thing you in the with face. the
2: Hawks, man, and got worked. We, we did the same thing. Oh, if we get fourth, we get home, we, we, we dip, demolished the Hawks in the regular season, we got worked. TSDK right now. We got worked. Cleveland, the best defense in the league right now. A physical brand of basketball. Not easy. We're doing one on
3: against Cleveland, by the way. Not easy.
2: Once a playoff start, bro, the regular season means nothing. All of that is out the window. I don't care (laughs) what we did against that team. Everything is is gone. (laughs) It's gone. Rip it up. Forget about it. Rip it up. Forget about it. The lights are brighter. The jerseys heavier. You just talked about it. I don't know if Julius has his legs. I don't know. Rip it all up. It's a brand new season. It's a brand Ooh. new season. It's grind time. Are you built for it up here? We're going we're to see. I don't want to see the Sixers. I think I think a healthy Embiid going into the playoffs will destroy us in the first round. I don't want to see the Sixers. I don't want to see Sixers. Everybody wants Ooh. to say, okay, ball stand, They're looking right. Again, every team goes through their ups and downs, man. They're a tough team. I don't I don't look past any of these teams right now. No one's even looking past, man. I'm just saying, like, yeah, but some of you guys I'm are like, scared well, of, Do you I'm want to do this in the anybody. first round and then do this in the second round? Like, let's just w- one game at a time.
3: One game I'm at a time. I'm just asking, man, because this is Nick's Knicks fan TV. All right. We're, we're for the people, by the people. All yes. right. Talking to Nick's fans. This is, what I, this is what I'm hearing yeah. on the ground level. I'm just bringing it
1: to the table. Yeah, yeah, people I'm, are wild. People are going wild. They're talking Eastern Conference Finals yeah, like yeah. already. Slow down. Who they prefer, I mean, like, obviously, if, first if, round
2: first. if you're looking at all three of those teams, right, and and the Cavs, the Cavs has the least amount of experience. Spider has a lot. Spider has a lot of playoff experience. But the Cavs as as a team, right, the Garland's, the Allens, the Mobleys, they fought. They fought valiantly last year, but they didn't get. They didn't get there. So they they have a little bit of experience. But those other teams. The Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers—they're battle tested. Those are those are battle tested teams. I think you got to get something.
1: past the first. I tell you what though, CP. I mean, obviously that's 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 getting way ahead. But if they somehow if they play the Cavs in the first round, they beat if they win that series. I'm not trying to hear nothing. I'm not trying to hear nothing about oh who's it? I don't even. If it ain't the Bucks. Celtics or Sixers, toss it up. Let's play basketball. Because I just think at that point, that team is going to go into that series with so much momentum and confidence. And I would have... There's no way I think they can win a first-round series without Julius and or Julius or or RJ not playing well. Because I think Bruns is going to play well. So if if they're going to win a series, one of these two guys are going to have a better series than they had against the Hawks, which tells me... That's a good sign heading into anybody else after that. Um, but they do have ma- major question marks to, to, to answer to in that first round. And that's why it's going to be so exciting. Because I know a lot yeah. of people are talking about Randall. But R.J. got it. You know, we, he got a pass because he was very young. And it's his first go-round. He's an X-Factor in yeah. that first round. He has to play well I, because I think Grimes, don't be surprised if Grimes struggles, man. It's his yeah, first goal. Yeah, it's his yeah. first goal, man. He's already
2: struggling now shooting the three, and it's not even the playoffs. Ju- Ju- Julius has to get redemption, bro. It's on It's on him.
5: And if he, he does, Julie's. it's over.
2: He's, he's, it's he's, over if he does. Next to Brunson, he's your best shot creator. He's your best playmaker. You've got to make the team better, including scoring, including playmaking. He has to do it. But but there's breeze
1: on on your window CP? You feeling a little breeze?
2: Yeah, after Saturday it was a little breezy. It <laughs> was a little breezy after Saturday. Yeah, it was, it was excellent vibes. Man. It was a beautiful day in New York. It was the perfect combination. They got a great <laughs> window.
3: You can see the curtains just like Flowing. moving a little bit. You know
2: what I mean? Flowing. Yeah, it was but, one but, of those. But, but,
3: but was it was it because,
1: was it someone else that just slightly opened the window? Or did you just surprisingly found yourself, oh, wait, no, oh, hold on. It's, I'm next to the window. I opened it up a little bit. And it's just some breeze. It,
2: it, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's looking at this team in its totality.
3: So you open the window is what you're and saying.
2: seeing that it's a deeper team that they have contributions abound, that they fight hard, they play hard. It is a tips team. They have the identity, but they have more talent now, especially with Hart is the X factor, man. Go back to the third quarter. This team was down by 11 points. Hart and Mitch sparked that run to get them back into the game and close it out, man. It was on offense. It was on defense. They were getting out in transition. And then in the fourth quarter, they went to their guy, Captain Clutch. Close the game. Did you see how that team looked in that first quarter? Yeah.
1: With Jalen Brunson. Yeah, against the Devin Nuggets, against Jamal Murray, who a lot of people tell me is better than Jalen Brunson. They couldn't Mm -hmm. guard him. Yeah. So I think CP, I think you're starting to see, like, man, this Jalen Brunson guy, there might not be a lot of players in this NBA that can guard him. Because when he's on, this Knicks team looks pretty, pretty hard, very hard to defend and very difficult to beat. So um, you know, if you, if you haven't learned now, I think you'll learn soon enough. But we're gonna have to ask you before CP. I can't wait to you cannot no 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 no
3: no, no 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 after Absolutely they win
1: not. game one in a seven game series and say now I'm jumping out the window. I'm not. I'm not accepting that. When whenever we do yeah. our playoff preview, that is your moment. You're either gonna jump <laughs> or you're not gonna jump. <laughs> what? I'm not about to wait to the first game. How you mean? I got, I, gotta no, no. I gotta oh evaluate things. Oh, I gotta evaluate. Are we ready not or not? Waiting. After they win, the get out of here, bro. Oh, now I'm jumping. Like, I no. gotta
2: evaluate. Shout out my guy Abdullah in, in, in the chat. We're giving you ten more games. I gotta evaluate things, man.
5: I What's got, there to I evaluate? Did, did.
2: We've been watching eighty-two games this entire season. I What's got there to s- evaluate? Listen, <laughs> just check back in with me after game three of round one. Oh, game my. three. I need oh, time. I need time, I, need time. <laughs> I need time, man. I need time. I need time, man. I need time to evaluate, okay, are we in it? Is, is this, you know, is, is, is this just a happy-to-be-here situation? Are we formidable? That's what I need to know.
3: Someone give me that LeBron meme ready. Someone he give me thinks, that LeBron yo, meme
1: uh, ready. He, he thinks he's slick. He thinks he's slick. That, that, that's why CP <laughs> is that where he's at. Because, you know, he he makes his little savvy moves. You know, he, he's he's learning. He's learning how to be... You know Listen. that expert because he says game three. You know why? Because he's like, well, game three, the series either gonna go, you know, one one heading into game three, or if they down 0-2, hey, I'm safe. Listen. I can just say, hey, they weren't ready.
3: And if they're up 2-0, whoa, I'm jumping out the window. We will have an like,
2: idea after game three. We'll have an idea where things.
3: So, let me give it. If that if CP jumps out the window because the Knicks are doing well during the playoffs, I want the LeBron meme where he's like. You know, I, I just knew back from the start of the season this team was gonna be a playoff contender. You know, I just knew.
2: <laughs> Listen, man, I, I need time. I, I need time, man. But for, for now, you know. CP, I'll, the time is now. For now, I'll be the conductor. And we we will welcome uh, the optimism. We'll welcome oh, the optimism, conductor man. Stuff. This conductor. <laughs> Do you see what did you see what uh shout out to Chuck D. You saw what he called
3: C P? You know what C P stands for, J D? conductor president that's it
2: <laughs> that that's it man and shout <laughs> out to the rhyme animal chuck d he will be uh at the miami game this wednesday so if anybody's in there in the building he'll be there rocking his kftv snap so if you guys see him make sure you guys uh pull up on him man make sure you guys pull up on him shout out to the rhyme animal chuck d um Wait, yeah
1: what was your what was your prediction for games this year
2: uh what i say 41 yeah, forty one. Forty one.
1: Yeah, it's all it's already over for that.
2: Yeah. It's forty-one.
1: So man, so <laughs> so you predict forty-one wins. If they if they come out with forty-seven, forty-eight, that's still not enough for you to jump out the window. That's no. wild to me. No. Playoffs haven't started. That's wild to me. A team clearly overachieved over your expectations. No. And but you still want to see more.
2: Play playoffs haven't started yet. Haven't started mm. yet, man. Mm-hmm. Regular you season, just, you, you wins. just love saying he he,
1: he, he, he he just he's dying for the data. I told you guys. He, oh, he'll go on to Stephen A rant. I told you I this. Want to jump this team though, and <laughs> blah blah blah. You know. Listen, hey.
2: man, he told you. Listen, man, I told you once. I tell you again. I am here for money time. Don't tell me about the regular season. Oh, this is the best Nick team in two decades. Oh, they won this. They're that. None of that matters. It's all nice for the feel-good story and the sentiment. Yes, they've they've exceeded their win total, and they're one of the best teams in two decades. Well, newsflash, everyone, this team has been garbage for the, for the best part of two decades. We're setting the bar too low. When money time comes, we will see where this team is, and we'll see what they were made of. We'll see. We will see. And there it is.
3: We will can't see even be hyped that, that. we got two all stars on this team. We got you. I'm glad. Watching I, team we're, I'm watching. we're watching young that. guys develop. We yeah. potentially have a six man of the year candidate
2: on our hands. I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it all. You can't jump out the window for that. That's talent. Yeah, it's good. It's good so far. Here's
1: my prediction: if 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 the if the Knicks play the Cavaliers in the first round, mm-hmm. and they're on the road and they win game one of that series, CP's going to jump out the window. CP's going to jump out the window.
2: Let's see what happens. Let's see let's see what
3: happens. <laughs> CP, after that game, <laughs> I always believed in this team. We'll see, we'll see I was what ready happens. to jump out the window from the day one.
2: <laughs> let's, let's just see what happens, man. Let's just see what happens. That postseason is another animal. We'll see who's ready for it. We will see who's ready for it, man. A great show. Uh, back tomorrow with uh, play-by-play. Knicks versus Timberwolves. We're back with play-by-play. Uh, In the meantime, catch up on the game of the week preview. John Krasinski of The Athletic. We had a great show with him. So make sure you tap into that. Then go into play-by-play, hosted by JD Sports Talk. Then go into Knicks post-game live where we break down everything for the Knicks versus Timberwolves game. Will Ant-Man play? If he doesn't play, it should be an easy one for them, for the Knicks. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they don't get complacent, not have a letdown game. But if no Anthony Edwards, that should be a walk in the park for the Knicks. And then uh, let's see who else we got this week. We have at home against Minnesota, and then on the road at Miami and at Orlando. So, uh, so Alice, how are you, man? What's your your record prediction, bro?
0: Hmm. Ooh,
3: that's a good one. That's a good question. Let's see. Gotta look at the schedule real quick. Mm -hmm. Let me me look at this. Let's see what we got going on here. Monday, Tuesday. I already said we're going to beat Minnesota during the game of the week preview, so that, that one's already there. Mm-hmm. We're a good road team. Julius' performance better on the road. Fog so will beat Miami on Wednesday. Thursday, we should beat Orlando. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go 3-0 this week.
2: All right. I'm going 3-0 as well. I think they got it done. 3-0. I'm going 3-0, man. J.D., how you feel?
1: So that takes them to 45 and 10. If they go 3 and 0, they're going to be in the hunt for the fourth seed. If they go 3 and 0, they're going to be 45 wins. And if they go 3 and 0, might have to put the countdown for the 50 burger So I'm going to go 3 and (laughs) 0 as well. (laughs) I mean, I don't get it. There's there's a host here that just said 3 and 0, but hey, he still doesn't want to jump out the window, but uh, whatever that means. Uh, But 3 and 0, 45 and 30 by the end
2: of the week. Yeah. Here we go. Let's go. Three and zero, oh, man. Three and zero. Oh. All right, great show, everybody. I uh, remember that the show is available in audio podcast format. Never have a reason to miss it. Uh, catch up on all major podcast platforms. They also have uh, YouTube is rolling out podcasts as well. So uh, this will be available. However, you guys uh, digest your podcast. So supposedly, YouTube is still the number one platform for people to listen to podcasts. YouTube. Spotify, Apple. So, Mm. yeah, however you guys get it in, we'll we'll be here. Wherever you are, we'll we'll be there as well, man. So make sure you guys tap in. Go to manscaped.com, promo code KFTV for 20% off plus free shipping. And we'll see you guys tomorrow, man.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.